0: The title of today's message, Guard Your Relationship with God. As we continue to face this COVID 19 virus, this epidemic, throughout the nation, even though things uh, seem to be getting worse throughout the nation, in our own state of Illinois, we're seeing things get better to the point where we've entered into phase four. And things are opening up. Restaurants are opening up, movie theaters, bowling alleys, and uh, sporting events, and it's exciting. I'm excited. I love to be outside and do stuff with my family and friends, so it's exciting. But, you know, it, it's like we're shifting gears. We're going from zero to 100. You know, we were in quarantine where they wanted us to stay home, and, and we couldn't go out, and, and, and we had a lot of time for God. We had a lot of time for God, and now we're shifting gears, and we have to be careful. We have to be very careful that in getting busy, that in getting out and doing things and having fun and and, and going out and enjoying ourselves, which is nice, it's great. Believe me, I love it. But we got to be careful that we don't forget about God, our relationship with God, You know, we could get so excited, so busy, you know, to be able to do things that we leave God in the past, that we forget about God, that we lose sight of God and our relationship with Him. That's why today we're going to talk about guarding our relationship with God. Did you know that you have to guard your relationship with God? Did you know that salvation is free? We're saved by grace. You don't lose your salvation. When we sin, we break fellowship, but we don't lose our salvation. But did you know that every day we have to recommit our hearts and our lives to Jesus Christ? We have to guard our heart against competitors that are competing for first place in your life and my life. It's exciting to see everything open up. I'm excited. But at the same time, we have to be cautious and make sure we don't forget about God. Did you know that one of Satan's strategies, he has two key strategies besides others. One is to keep people away from Jesus, from the truth. You know, just stay away from Jesus. He doesn't care if you're religious, as long as you don't get saved. And he knows that only Jesus can save you and me. But did you know that when we become Christians, when we trust in Jesus as our Savior, our Lord, our God, Did you know that Satan's strategy shifts to keeping us so busy doing even good things that we have no time for God? So busy. Keep them busy that they don't have time to pray. Keep them busy so they don't have time to to spend time with God, read the Bible, and devotion time, and worship. Keep them busy that they don't have time to go to church. They don't have time to be part of a small group and seek God. That's one of Satan's strategies. Even with good things, even doing good things, in the midst of that, if we're not careful, we can lose sight of God the most important person in our lives. So if we're going to guard our relationship with God, we do this by guarding three key areas in our life. We need to guard our time, we need to guard our heart, and we need to guard our energy, which leads us to the first point, guard your time. We're in the book of Ephesians chapter five, verses 15 through 17. The Bible says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Listen, in order to guard our relationship with God, we must guard our time. Guard our time with God. We must protect it. The Apostle Paul, when he was writing to the Ephesian Christians, when it comes to understanding God's will for their lives, when it comes to making the best use of their time and opportunities, he said, be careful. Be very careful. Not as unwise. Don't live as unwise, but be wise. Make the most of every opportunity. Why? Because the days are evil. The days are evil. Listen, we live in a fallen world, a broken world because of sin. And listen, if, if once you're saved and you're a Christian, Satan's strategy is to keep you busy, to get you and me to waste our time with sin. Waste our time and not have time for God or serving God. When it comes to the commodity of time... Do you know, do you understand, the Bible teaches we could only spend it once. Listen, the time you and I spent yesterday, whether we were wise or unwise, whether we spent time with God or not, it's gone. It's gone. You're not going to get that time back. I'm not going to get that time back. We better make it count today. Paul's saying, make it count. Use your time wisely. Be very careful in how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. You know what he's saying? He's saying you got to guard your time. Guard your time with God. Make the most of your time. Don't waste it. Listen, how many days do we make time for everything else? Everyone else. But we have no time for God. No time. No time to read the Bible. No time for a quiet devotional time, you know, with Jesus. Because we're so busy. We're so busy, 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 busy. Listen, if we're too busy to pray, like Pastor Chuck Swindoll said, then we are too busy and something else must go, not our time with God. You have to guard that time. And listen, we guard that time by seeking God first with our time, by prioritizing God, putting Him first. Number one, listen, God won't settle for second place in your life and my life. He's a jealous God. It's either first or nothing. No deal. No deal. Listen, we guard our time by putting God first, prioritizing Him when it comes to having healthy relationships, did you know that there's two key ingredients that are required? And that, you know, in any healthy relationship, in a marriage, a good marriage, a good relationship with your kids, two key ingredients are required, time and energy. If you were to look at a marriage couple that was having problems and if they were to go see a counselor a marriage counselor. One of the things a marriage counselor would say is, let me ask you, how much time and energy are you focusing on your marriage? Are you investing into your marriage? Did you know the same thing applies with God? Our relationship with God, it requires time and energy. Listen, if you don't give God much, you're not going to get much. You're going to get what you put in, You don't put nothing. You don't give much. You don't do much in giving him time and energy. You're not going to grow much. You're not going to draw closer to him much. You'll be stuck because it requires time and energy. Listen, Jesus said it himself. He said we must seek God first every day and His righteousness. Then all these things will be added on to us. In Matthew 6.33, when He was talking to the disciples, preparing them, training them, and He was saying, you got to seek God first. got to seek Him with all your heart. And then all these things, everything else, will be added on to you. He put it this way. But seek first, first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things will be added on to you. Does that mean God's going to give you everything you want? A Corvette? Maybe he'll give you a Chevette, right? Right? It's a car, right? Gets you around. It doesn't mean you're going to get everything you want. It means that when you keep the main thing, the main thing, when you put God first and you seek Him first, then He will help you and me with everything else in our life. It's kind of like a button on a shirt. If you, you know, God wants to be first. God wants to be the first button in your life and my life. And if you get the first button wrong, everything else is wrong. Everything else doesn't line up right. But if you get the first thing right, the main thing, the main thing, God first, time with Him first, seeking Him first, then He will help you with every other area of your life and my life. Listen, we need to guard jealously daily our time with God, our Bible study time, our devotion time. Did you know that every day, you and me, we have an appointment with Almighty God? Did you know that? Did you know that every day God has a time set aside to spend time all alone with you and me? Some people call it a devotional time. Some people uh, Bible study prayer time. Some people call it a quiet time. Did you know that that's the most important time of the day for you and me? The time we're alone with Jesus, with his word, and a notebook. Maybe a little cup of coffee, right? Some bustello. Maybe you drink tea. That's okay. A little notebook. And we get to spend time with God alone. We get to have God all to ourselves. That's how much God loves you and me. He wants a relationship. He wants us to relate to him. It's in those times that intimacy with God is developed. Did you know that God always shows up? We're the ones that forget about God. We're the ones that at times don't show up because we hit the snooze button. Well, we have time for everything else, everything else, but no time for God. Shame on us. Shame on us. Listen, if it wasn't for God, we would have nothing. Nothing. So let me ask you what time is your appointment with God tomorrow? What time is it? Is it in the morning? Maybe five, six o'clock, seven o'clock before you go to work or go to school? Maybe in the afternoon? How many of us, I heard someone say, I heard a pastor say, that the first things we do in the morning sets the pace for the rest of our day. It sets our focus. And when we put God first, when, you know, how many of us, when we wake up, the first thing we do, we reach for our cell phone, we check social media, we check our email, we check other things, uh, read the newspaper. We check our bank accounts, other things, before we spend time with God. Listen, we should be reaching for God before we do any of those other things. We should first spend time with God alone. We set ourselves up. Did you know that? From the moment we wake up and we start putting God first and we make him first and we say, listen, before I do anything else, I'm going to go down, get my Bible, get a notebook, and spend time with God. Wow. Wow. You're setting yourself up. I'm setting myself up to put God first, to guard my time. You have no idea what you're going to face throughout that day. I have no idea the attacks that are come that way, come my way. I need to spend time alone with God. And so do you. Listen, how important is this? when we don't guard our time, when we don't prioritize God, if you don't spend time with God each day, then each day you're wasting your time. You're wasting your time. When we forget about God, we forgot about the most important person, God. Jesus was our best example of this. In the book of Mark, chapter 1, the Bible says and teaches after a long day of ministry and long evening of ministry, the Bible says the whole town had arrived at the house where Jesus was at. And they had gathered there. And the Bible says that Jesus spent the whole night. He was healing. He was casting out demons. He was ministering. Listen, the whole town was there. So how many people were there? 50? A hundred? Jesus didn't get much sleep, if he got any. But even though, even though he didn't get much sleep, even though physically Jesus would have been exhausted, tired. The Bible says in Mark 1.35 that very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. He left the house, and he went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Wow! Wow! Listen, if Jesus being the Son of God, Jesus being God Himself, Jesus being perfect, He never sinned. If He needed to spend time with God the Father, it was that important. He made it a priority. It was more important for Jesus to spend time with God the Father than to get more sleep. How much more do you and I need to spend time with God? Do we need to get up early and push ourselves and get in a spiritual discipline of guarding our time with God? Listen, it was more important for Jesus to spend time with God the Father than spend time with people. But he was on point. Jesus was never early. He was never late. Jesus was always right on time. Right on time. Jesus guarded his time with God the Father by doing three things. Number one, he had a specific time to meet with God the Father. It wasn't any time. It was a specific time. Number two, he was alone with the Father. He went off to a solitary place. Just Jesus and God the Father. Number three, he went to a specific place. Specific place. There should be a place in your house and my house where we have the same place where we have our quiet time. It's a special place where it's just us and God. Let me ask you, what time is your appointment tomorrow with God? What time is it? Amazing, right? We have time. We don't miss appointments with nothing else. Even a doctor. Nobody wants to go to a doctor, right? Because you got to see the doctor, and you go in the big waiting room. From the big waiting room, you go to a little baby waiting room, and you're waiting, waiting, and then what do you get? A big bill, right? right. But how many of us cancel those appointments? We make appointments for everything else. We guard our time with everything else. What about God? What about God? Action step. Make a, make a time. Find a time. What's the best time? And even if you're not a morning person... Take 10, 15 minutes to just get up early and pray and read the Bible and get a notebook and spend time with God. I guarantee if you start off with five minutes, it'll grow to 10, then 15, then 20. Then you're going to be like, man, I I just want to spend time with God. Guard our time. Listen, if we're going to guard our relationship with God, we must guard our time with Him. In order to say yes to God, we must say no to other things. We cannot do everything. We must choose what is a priority. If we're going to guard our relationship with God, number two, we must guard our heart. Guard our heart. Look at what Proverbs 4 verse 23 says. Above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. King Solomon, God used King Solomon, the son of David, to write the book of Proverbs. And King Solomon knew what it meant to love God with all your heart. After all, Solomon's father was King David. And who was King David? Besides being the second king of Israel, King David was the only man that God said, this is a man after my own heart. The only man ever for God to say, this is a man after my own heart. David committed sins and he got off track. But in his heart of hearts, God was first. He really loved God. That's why when he sinned, it broke his heart. His relationship had been affected. And the Bible says that he felt like his bones were crushing when he wasn't living right. Because he had a heart for God. Listen, did you know that the heart is so important to God? And in the Bible, that's why when it comes to guarding our relationship with God, he tells us we must guard our heart. Guard our heart. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, above everything that you guard, above everything else, we must make sure we're guarding our heart. We're guarding our lives. Listen, guarding it to make sure that God is the first love of our heart. That God is first in our life. He must be first. It's not going to happen by accident. He's first because you make Him first. You choose for Him to be first. Solomon says, King Solomon said, everything flows from the heart. Our priorities, what's important, is what's really important, Is it comes from our heart comes from our heart. Who we make first in our lives flows from our heart. In the Bible, did you know that the heart and the mind represents the center of who we are? It represents the main command center of our lives. Did you know that? That the heart and the mind represents the center. It's the center command station of our lives. Why do you think Satan battles us for our heart and our minds? Did you know that the human heart in itself, it's a vital organ to the body and muscle. It pumps blood throughout the entire body. You cannot survive. I could not survive without my heart. You cannot survive without your heart. It's crucial. It's critical. Did you know that we could not survive spiritually without having a heart for God? with having God first in our hearts, in our lives? A heart that's changed by God, by Jesus, that makes Him first in our lives. Because of the fall of sin and the consequences of sin in the world, the Bible says that our hearts and our minds, our emotions, they're tainted by sin. The consequences of sin. They're impacted with evilness of sin. That's why God says in Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart, it's deceitful. Above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? This is God speaking. Did you know that our emotions go up and down? You know, our heart could deceive us at times. It plays games with us. That's why when a person's saved, when a person receives Jesus as their Savior, their Lord, their God, it's because God is changing their hearts. He's softening their heart. Their heart's becoming more tender. Listen, if you really want God, you're going to find God because He's not playing hide and seek. The Bible says, God says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. With your heart. With all of you, all your heart, all your mind. Listen, you got to seek God. you got to put Him first with all of who you are. And it requires our heart. Listen, each of us, did you know that each time a person says no to Jesus, says no to receiving Christ, their heart gets a little harder, gets a little harder, becomes like stone? And did you know that each time we say yes to Jesus, yes to the will of God, our heart gets softer, tender, sensitive to God, to the Holy Spirit? It helps us to respond to the Holy Spirit. Listen, when God spoke to the nation of Israel, when he was talking to them about following him and the commitment it would take, he said he would give them a new heart. In Ezekiel 36, 26, God says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Did you know that when salvation takes place, when we trust Jesus from the heart, many people believe the facts of Jesus in their mind about Jesus, but did you know that until it touches a heart, salvation has not taken place? That's why you can meet people that in their mind, they believe all the facts about Jesus, but their lives are not changed because they never gave God their heart. They never gave God their heart. The Apostle Paul said it this way in Romans to the Roman Christians when explaining salvation in Romans 10, verses 8 through 9. He says, but what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth. It's in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe, in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved you're saved at the very moment when you believe and trust Jesus as savior and lord from the heart and you take the action step proclaiming it with your mouth listen once we receive salvation there's 100% believing and trusting from the heart in Jesus alone for salvation when we receive salvation You know, we're saved once, forever. You don't lose your salvation when you sin. What you lose is fellowship. You break fellowship. And until you and I confess our sin and ask for forgiveness, then we're restored back into fellowship. But we don't lose our salvation. You didn't do nothing to get saved. There's nothing you can do to not get saved. To lose your salvation. But did you know that every day to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, it's going to cost you and me everything we have. Everything we have. That's why Jesus said that if we're going to follow Him, we must deny ourselves. We must take up our cross and follow Him. Follow Jesus. Follow a person. Follow the Son of God, God of very God. Listen, every day we need to guard our hearts against competitors that are competing for first place in your life and my life. And listen, some of these competitors, they're good things. They're blessings. Like our family, our spouse, our wife, husband, kids. They're good things, also, but they were never they should be a priority. Listen, after God, it should be next. If you're married, your spouse, your wife, your husband, then your kids, then your family, then the church. Because before God created the church, what did He create? The family. But listen, none of those blessings were ever meant to take God's place of first place in your life and my life. And sometimes if we're not careful, if we're not guarding our heart, guarding our time, we can make idols out of blessings, and we can shift God out of first place in our lives. So every day we must guard our hearts. Only God deserves first place in your life and my life, King Solomon. And you might say, how do I do that? How do I guard my heart? For God. Well, King Solomon, he explains it in Proverbs 4, verses 24 through 27. He says what we have to do to guard our hearts. He says, keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to your paths for your feet. Be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or left. Keep your foot from evil. Three ways we guard our hearts. Three ways. Number one, he says, guard your mouth. Guard your mouth. Keep your mouth free from perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Guard what you say. We need to guard our mouths from sinful talk, from bad language, from cussing. Listen, James says in one nineteen, James one nineteen, that we should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Listen, sometimes if we don't have nothing good to say, we need to just stay quiet. Stay quiet. Listen, and he also says, James says in James 3.10, out of the same mouth, out of the same mouth come blessing, come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be... This cannot be. You know, we can't be with God and with the world. Make a choice. If you're going to follow Jesus, be all in. If not, then be out. But make a choice. Listen, we need to guard our mouths. How many times do we sin with our mouths? How much jealousy do we speak? Slander, gossip, lies, putting people down, destroying people with our mouths, with our tongues. How much sin takes place? when we don't guard our mouths. So the first things King Solomon says is, listen, you guard your heart by guarding your mouth. Guarding your mouth. Wow. How many homes are quiet right now? How many many people are getting convicted by the Holy Spirit? Number two, we guard our heart by guarding our eyes. We have to guard our eyes. Look at what Solomon says. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Guard what you watch and what we see. Did you know that we need to protect our eyes as Christians? Did you know that there are things we should not look at? Did you know that the the Satan, one of his ways to tempt us to sin is to get us to look at things that are appealing, temptation. He makes sin look beautiful. It's a beautiful lie. He doesn't tell you it's going to destroy your life and destroy my life. And that's why one of his strategies is to get us to first look at sinful temptation. And the more we look at it, we begin to lust after it. And the next thing, we want to do it. We want to commit the sin. That's why Jesus says, hey, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Take it out. You know what he was saying? Take extreme measures. There's things we shouldn't look at. We need to guard our eyes. It has been said, listen, that the eyes are the window to the soul. The eyes are the window to the soul inside of us. So let me ask you, are are there movies you shouldn't be watching that you know you shouldn't be watching? Are there places you're going you shouldn't be going Are you hanging out with people you shouldn't be hanging out with? What needs to change? What shifts need to make in your life and my life so we can guard our eyes, protect our eyes, so we can guard our relationship with God? Number three, you guard your heart by guarding the paths which way you go. Give careful thought. Look look at what he says. Give careful thought to the paths of your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Don't turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot far from evil. Stay away from evil. We do the opposite. How many Christians flirt with sin? They're on paths. They're hanging on roads. They, should, they have no business to be by there. Listen, if, if let's say an alcoholic, if you struggle with alcoholism, you know you should not be hanging out in a the bar. There's temptation there. You're going to tempt yourself. And you play with fire, You're going to get burned. Listen, nobody gets up and wakes up and just decides in a second, I'm going to commit this big sin. Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Church says, a little compromise here, a little lie here, a little lie there leads to the big lie, the big compromise, the big thing. So let me ask you, you, what paths are you hanging out? What roads? Who are you hanging out with? Which way are you going? Did you know that each day, the paths we choose to walk, whichever way we go, the decisions we make, we're either getting closer to God or further from God. We're either getting closer to God or closer to sin. We choose. So listen, we guard our hearts by guarding our paths, guarding our eyes, guarding our mouth. And our final point, point three, we need to guard our energy. Guard your energy. Look at what Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven 37 says. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. When they tried to test Jesus and they were trying to trick him and corner him with the law, and they said, Jesus, tell us, tell us, what's the greatest commandment? What's the greatest commandment? And Jesus responded, the greatest commandment, the most important thing is that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, everything, all of who you are? You gotta love God. You know what he was saying? You gotta love God first. You gotta give Him, your, you gotta make Him your first love with all your energy, all your life, all your time, all of your heart, everything. To give God all our energy, all of our life, Listen, God wants our best. We need to give God the best, not the leftovers. Listen, any marriage, any marriage that's in trouble, many times it's because the spouse is not putting in all the energy, all the time, all the effort into the marriage. And a lot of times, how many times do we give the most important relationships in our life, the leftovers. Listen, I work, as many of you work, besides being a pastor, I'm bivocational. And how many times do we go to work? We work 40 hours a week. We pour out all our energy in work, all our energy, and then we don't have much energy left at home for our families, for our God, for everything else. There's a shift needs to take place there. A shift. Listen, we cannot do everything. We cannot. We we do not have the energy to do everything. You can't have your cake and eat it too. You have to choose who's going to get the best of your energy, your time, your heart, your life. Two things that are required for any good relationship. Time and energy. How much time and energy are we giving God? Or are we giving God the leftovers, when he wants to be first. Listen, what needs to change in your life and mine? What shifts need to take place? So God is first. So we give God the best. Listen, you give God your most productive time of the day. If you're a morning person, that's in the morning. Give him your morning. If you're an afternoon person, in the afternoon. If you're evening, in the evening. But give God the best. Give Him your energy. Give Him all of who you are. Listen, we need to guard our energy, how we use our energy. And we need to make sure we spend it on the most important relationships in our lives. First with God. Then if we're married with our spouse, our wife, our husband. Then our kids, our extended family, our church family than everything else. So let me ask you, what needs to change in your life and my life today so we begin to guard our relationship with God? Or you might be saying, you know, all this sounds good. I don't even have a relationship with God. You know, I I believe Jesus died for me, but I don't know him. But I want to know him. I want to know Him. I want a relationship with Him. I want to do life with Him. If that's you, will you pray with me right now? Just pray with me right now. Just close your eyes at your house, wherever you're at, and just talk to God from your heart. Will you just repeat this from, with me from your heart? This is between you and God. I'm just a messenger. Close your eyes and pray. Father God, God, I believe Jesus died for me I believe he rose from the dead. And I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And I believe that only Jesus can save me. Jesus, come in my heart. Come in my life. Be my Savior, my Lord, my God. And I'll follow you, God, all the days of my life. And if I fall down in Jesus' name, I'll get back up. God, here I am. I give you my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you've prayed that prayer, will you reach out to us, please, on Facebook and say, Hey, I prayed with Pastor Henry. I received Jesus. I don't even know how this whole thing works, but I know I'm saved. I belong to God. Will you reach out to us so we can connect with you and give you resources to help you grow in your relationship with God? Well, God bless you. We love you. Have a good week. God bless you.